Hi, y'all. I'm Kimberly Kelly, a beautiful creepster, and you're listening to A Paranormal Chicks. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 8. And wasn't Kimberly Kelly great? Kimberly Kelly! <laughs> she is a beautiful creepster, like she said. Up in the creepinati. I thought you was gonna you was <laughs> I thought you was gonna say I was from Boston. No, I don't know. Is that what they say? I have no idea. I've never been there. Boston. Use. Yeah. Yeah. Only I know this from Goodwill Hunting. Okay. R.I.P. Robin Williams. Oh, Creepinati. Yes. <laughs> Which is the people who are on Patreon, a.k.a. the Patreoners. Yes, who support us. Help make our dreams come true. She's saying that like she doesn't mean it, but she does. Yeah, I was going to say. And if she doesn't, I do. I def mean it. <laughs> And we've had some new people, which we'll shout out in mm-hmm. um, upcoming things. But since we've announced 13 Days of Halloween, people are joining. They don't want to miss a thing. They want to hear all the stuff. All the creepiness. I almost said that. All the spookiness and all the macabre. Oh, man, that makes me want to... <laughs> a hot dog real bad? <laughs> that makes me want to have a McRib real bad. Oh. Macabre McRib. You don't know what either is. <laughs> well. But I love them just the same. Okay. I'm looking at you, Jennifer DB, because she's like, Donna, you like the McRib? It's not meat. And you're like, like uh, I don't care. Yeah, I still eat it. <laughs> uh, did you not listen to the last episode? I said I would eat shit off of a sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> And then called it caviar. (laughs) Okay, this is titled Haunted Dolls That Aren't Named With Names That Start With R. It's from Valerie B. She means it's not Robert. Don't say his name. Hello again, ladies. Here is my very first ghost story. This one did not get me into any books. Because remember her gel one did. Yeah. My story apparently began before I could even remember... Growing up, I lived with my grandparents in an old house that used to have an electronics store in the basement, but was now just a rental house. My grandmother used to tell people that the older lady who lived there before us died on the toilet, but I don't know how true that is. My grandmother was quite the character. (laughs) When I lived there, I technically should have been sleeping in the room next to the bathroom, but I would never because I was deathly afraid of that room. I'm in my mid-30s and still remember having vivid and terrifying nightmares every time I tried to sleep in that room. There was also a playroom in the front of the house that was more like an enclosed porch in that it just stuck out from the house with nothing above or below it. The main house was on the second and third floor of the building. The adults in the room would hear little preschool me having full-on conversations with someone that wasn't actually there. Mm Mm-mm. I wasn't the type of kid who would have an imaginary friend either. 
Anyway, none of that compares to the dolls that my dad had sent me from where he was stationed in Japan. Mm -mm. He was in the Navy. There was one about two feet tall that was a female doll and two dolls, a male and female, that were on the same base who were about 12 inches tall. They were all dressed as traditional Spanish dancers. They absolutely terrified me. I would not allow them in my room and I would not go near them. My mom wouldn't get rid of them though, so they lived in the dining room window. I used to press myself against the far wall when walking past them. Holy crap. God bless it. I was convinced that these dolls moved around and could talk. I was convinced that they had tried talking to me. Once when I was about four or five, I was in the living room and my grandfather, who was the only other person home, was in the kitchen, two rooms away. Between us was the dining room where the dolls were. I had asked my grandfather without getting up, lazy kid, same girl, if I could use the scissors and I heard a male voice tell me that I could. Apparently, it sounded enough like my grandfather that I didn't question it until he came in and yelled at me for using the scissors without permission. Whoa. Guys, I cried. I swore that I had asked, but my grandfather said he hadn't heard me. I remember then telling him that I had heard someone tell me I could use them. I was no older than five at the time, and 30-ish years later, I still remember his face. He looked so scared. I did not end up getting in trouble for using the scissors that day. Much love, Valerie. Damn. Holy shit. Mm -mm -mm. That makes me so scared because I have dolls that I have from my dad going overseas, like from Holland, from Mm -hmm. like Japan, bases from Egypt. And now like those dolls, they really do scare me. Mm -hmm. But I never thought of it. But now I'm like... I gotta put those in a box and seal that shit. Well, shit. and clearly Val was sensitive if she was oh, like sure. talking to things that weren't there anyway. So they probably really did. She probably yeah. was fearful of them for a reason. Oh my gosh. Oh god. Can you imagine it being in the dining room though? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. See, this is why parents should listen to their kids. Yes. Oh, my God. That is... Says the two (laughs) non-parents. And so, like, then they're like, okay, so the one story that she's telling the truth, you know what I mean? Yeah. The other 14 that she had a wild imagination, but... Okay, also, I just started The Haunting on Hill House, and this reminds me so much of it. Don't tell me anything. I hadn't watched it yet. Well, it doesn't give anything away. (laughs) So freaking good, Valerie. You have such good stories. I know. Okay. Hey, ladies, I have so many experiences in my lifetime that if I talked about them all, we would be here all night. So I will tell you a few of them. It all started when I was like nine or ten when we moved into our new house. I'm not the only one that has had experiences in this house. I think that me, my sister, and my mom are somewhat sensitive. We are the only ones that something happened to. Nothing ever happened while my dad was there. I randomly woke up and looked at my door and saw my great-grandmother. I screamed and started crying. It was the first time I had seen something like that, and it freaked me out. The next day, we found out that my great-grandmother had passed away. I guess it was her checking up on us or saying goodbye. I haven't seen her since. Oh, by the way, that's why my doors are closed when I go to bed now. Oh, for sure. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
Soon after everyone was in bed, my mom was up late reading, and she had felt like she was being watched. She looked up and saw a little girl in a sailor dress just standing at the door and staring at her. Uh-uh. My mom calmly asked her who she was, and then she disappeared. She said, Roberta, and here's my pet lion. <laughs> <laughs> It took me a second. I would have been freaked the hell out. Nothing else happened after that. We moved out of that house to another a couple years later. Well, let me be the first one to say that was a mistake from hell. Oh, fuck. This was the house that the worst stuff happens. It all started with little shit happening. Like when my mom would be cleaning, the radio would change stations, it would mute, or it would just shut off all by itself. We also had one of those radios in the kitchen that mounts to the bottom of the cabinets. Yes! And when we were cleaning up after dinner, and the CD player came on randomly. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. You have a DJ ghost. (laughs) Hey, Mr. DJ. Okay. It started opening and closing the CD tray by itself. It was like the eject button was being hit over and over again. So that's when we knew shit was starting to get weird. Well, and also, those were always so freaking expensive. Mm-hmm. Be like, get your fucking ghostly-ass hands. Mm-hmm. Keep your filthy paws off my silky drawers. No. Do you pull that crap with a net? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, soon after that, when I would go to bed, I had to start sleeping with my TV on because I felt like if I slept in the dark that something was going to happen. I always felt uneasy in that room. I always felt like the corner of my room, there was a strong presence. Mm -mm. To this day, I feel like it wasn't a good spirit. Oh, fuck. A few nights later, my mom was going to bed, and she had just laid down when she felt something rush her and hit her in the back. Uh Uh-uh. She said it felt like she got punched. Ever since that night, she has had really bad back pain. From then, it never got better. My sister's lights and TV started turning off and on its own. But the night that we were all done, my mom, my sister, and I were up late playing games in the kitchen, and the power went out. I asked her if she had paid the electric bill, and she said she had (laughs) We have all been there. (laughs) Power goes out. Not a hurricane coming. Did you pay the bill? Been there. Sorry, that just tickled me. We nervously walked to the window to look outside to see if anyone was at the door. And let me tell you, one of the biggest fears is looking out the blinds and seeing someone or something staring at me. Oh, God, yes. Same Z's. Seriously. Biggest fear. But when we looked out there, nothing was there. But what we did notice was that all the other neighbors' power was on. So it's unexplainable. We still have no idea how this happened. Not long after that, we moved out. I've had other experiences that I will save for later. Love the podcast. Keep it up. And that was from Danielle. Oh, my God. Well, cannot wait to hear the other stories. Mm-mm. Because those were so good. Can you imagine, though? Like, first of all, I know how scared I was when I was here by myself. And my Wayfair app went off, and it's a doorbell, and I thought it was somebody at my door, and I looked, and nobody was out there. Yeah. That scared it's got the sh- me here before, Yeah, too, my app going me. off. Yeah. Why is there a notification of fucking doorbell? Right. I mean, I get why, but why? 
Yeah. So I know how bad that scared me, and that was in broad fucking daylight, <laughs> and I had my power on. Yeah. So could you imagine looking out there and then not seeing anything and then being like, fuck, everybody else's power is still on? Like, why right. is mine not? It sounds almost like a poltergeist or something. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to know enough to know. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't want to know enough about paranormal to know what the answer is to that because that means I'm open and I don't want to be. I do. Not want well, to be. I do. <laughs> All right. This is a supernatural experience. Hey, ladies. Thanks so much for responding to my Patreon post and reading my story. I have another one for y'all. This one is a bit long, but bear with me. The story happened when I was about 14. It was shortly after moving into the current house my mother still resides in. Already, I'm like, Mm -mm. how can you write in about a scary story where someone still lives there? I know. Uh Uh-uh. Okay. I don't want to go over to your mama's for lunch. Mm -mm. Just letting you know. She can bring lunch to my house. Mm Mm-hmm. Does she make deviled eggs? Going through my mind at this stage was finding out... That the lady that lived here in the house prior to us had died there. Later, I found out it wasn't anything sinister, though. I have titled this story Glimmer Man, not to be confused with the crime suspense 1996 movie starring Steven Seagal and Keenan Ivory Waynes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Side note, I went to film school with the nephews of the Waynes brothers. What? Holy shit. So here goes the story. It was in the middle of the day, and I was sitting in the kitchen eating a snack after school. That might have been the happiest time of my fucking life ever. (laughs) I was watching one of my favorite shows, Charmed, which is followed by Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and then by Angel. For those of you who remember those shows, then you know that you had to be home by 4 p.m. every day so you wouldn't miss the first airing of the lineup. (laughs) I was all into my show, and the light from the window at the first landing of the stairs always shined through so brightly. So let me set the scene. The stairs were there to the left of me diagonally. The TV was in front of me in the kitchen. I was sitting on a bar chair at the island in the middle of the kitchen. To the right of me diagonally was the dining room. Behind me was the fridge, dishwasher, microwave, and sink. To the left of me in the kitchen was the stove and the oven. Hopefully this has created a picture in your mind. Totally has. And your mom still lives there. I'm just saying that was probably the wrong thing to do. People know how to raid your pantry. (laughs) (laughs) I was feeling pretty good this day. Not a care in the world when it happened. A multicolored shimmering figure of light gliding down the stairs. I had seen it out of the corner of my eye, and when I turned my head to face it, I froze in fear. As it neared closer to the bottom of the stairs, I screamed, and it disappeared. My mother called out to me, and I told her I was okay. Later, I shared this story with her, and she said, if it was your grandfather, he wouldn't try to scare or hurt you. The reason she said this is because the day before, we were talking about him when I found a letter in his handwriting on it addressed to her. On the back of the envelope, it said, see you soon. 
She keeps this as one of the only things she has of his handwriting on it. A few years after this happened, I accepted the fact that supernatural things just keep happening to me and I can't be afraid. However, I don't put myself in paranormal spaces because I worry about spirits and entities attaching themselves to my light and turning it into darkness again. Over the years, I have heard voices saying my names, and I have felt things touch me, and I'm not that kind of girl. I hope y'all enjoyed my story. I had goosebumps writing this story. I wonder if y'all got the chills as well. Still creeping it real from Houston, Texas, Aisha. And yes, you said it right from the first story you read of mine. Thanks. Love y'all. Holy crap, Aisha. The fucking Glimmer Man? Uh Uh-uh. You think it was your grandpa? I mean, she can't answer me. (laughs) I was like, uh... Please don't let us hear an answer. And, I mean, shit touching you? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Or saying your name, because, you know, I never thought of it being scary, but we've both done it, where it's like, hey, did you just hear my name? But, oh my God, it. what if it is a spirit saying your name? Yeah. Trying to get your attention. I don't know, because I hear shit all the time. Like, not, not like... Yeah. But, like, how many times have you heard me be like, oh, damn, did you just... Did somebody just say my name? Aisha, have you ever played with a Ouija board? What made you ask that? I'm just curious. Oh. Because, I mean, she's had things try to contact her. I mm-hmm. was just wondering if she ever tried to contact them. Uh-uh, don't do it. I mean, she said she didn't put herself in those... Right. ...things, but, I mean, maybe it's after she played with it. I don't oh, know. maybe. I'm maybe. just so interested about the Ouija board. All right, so this one says, Hello, ladies. I've been listening to your podcast for about a month now, and after hearing a few Sinister Sightings episodes, I decided to send in a story. Thank you. Back in high school, I lived an hour drive from the nearest city where I went to school and held a part-time job as a hostess at a local restaurant. I worked in the evenings after school and worked until closing. All of the employees were not allowed to leave until everyone completed their closing duties. One night, we were really busy and had some customers stay way past closing. Jerks. I said that she didn't. (laughs) It caused me to leave work late, and I still had an hour drive to get home. I lived in the middle of nowhere, and when you drove at night, it was pitch black, except the only light you had was from the headlights of your car. The last 12 miles of road before I got home was a two-way winding road with houses scattered here and there. When I was about 10 minutes away from my house, I was driving about 25 miles per hour as the dark-ass road with no houses in sight when, in the distance, I noticed something darker than everything else on the side of the road. My first thought was I had a long night and I was starting to lose it. As I approached, I saw a leg step into the light. Uh Uh-uh. You in danger, girl. It was black and hairy. I slammed on brakes and came to a dead stop. As I stopped, time seemed to slow down as this huge black mass started to cross the road. Uh Uh-uh. The more it came into light, the better look I got at this thing. It was the size of a black bear, but had long fur of a wolf. It was huge. I couldn't look away. When it got to the point where it was right in front of my car, it slowly turned its head and I swear to God, it looked me dead in the eyes. Holy fuck. It had a snout and eyes that reminded me of a wolf. Its eyes were yellow. Those eyes sent chills down my spine and glued me to my seat. 
It just looked at me as though it could see through my bright lights and into my soul. I lived out in the country, and I've seen some big cats, and I've gotten close to bears and coyotes, but I have never seen anything like this creature. It didn't feel like an animal. Its presence felt sinister, and I was scared to death of it. After what felt like forever, the creature turned its head back and continued to slowly cross the road. Needless to say, I hauled ass home and ran inside. Every night I drove back down that dark road home, I was always paranoid we would cross paths again. Years later, I had a few Native American co-workers, and casually at lunch, they were talking about ghosts and their Navajo beliefs when I remembered the big black creature I saw in high school. I told these ladies my story, and they told me what I saw was a skinwalker. Girl, Carrie, don't say that word again. They were freaked out and said I crossed paths with an evil creature. After having to calm me down, they told me that I was in no danger that night because skinwalkers don't just randomly go after the first person they see. Instead, they are on a mission and they are after a specific person. Mm-hmm, but don't say their name again. I still get freaked out by what I saw that night. I will never forget it. And even when I was writing this email to you, I got chills and freaked out all over again. Creep it real, Andrea M. Holy shit. I like can't breathe a little. Um, same, because I am, I've started researching skit. Uh, Those things? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. Is it really like a don't say your, don't tell me. I want to know all about it when you tell this story. Andrea. Yeah, we got chills. Like. My stomach, like, I'm not even joking. My stomach hurts a little when, bit. When she said the leg stepped out. You knew exactly what she was talking about? No, but then I, I'm just picturing it mm-hmm. on this dark road because, like, that's where I live. Mm-hmm. And then it to be in the road and look at you. Mm-mm. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. <laughs> I can't, like, I want to know so much more, but I don't want to know anything. Because, like, what can you do, though? Because you can't go backwards. You don't want to, one, wreck. Mm-hmm. And then you'd really be fucked. Yeah, but you can't go forward because it's this huge, weird-ass creature that you've never seen. And you don't know how strong it is. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, this one has a disclaimer for trigger warning and because it contains animal abuse. Okay, so she says, I've been going back and forth with myself about sharing this one. I have a feeling I'll catch some heat with people as I did when it happened. However, there is nothing anyone could say that would make me feel any worse for staying in this situation as long as I did. The reason I want to share this is because you never really know someone. I was in love with a psychopath for two years and didn't know it. If anyone takes anything away from this, it should be that you should not ignore the signs. They were everywhere, but I had my rose-colored glasses on and refused to see them. When you're wearing rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. I was 18 years old at the time. I had a group of friends. There were about five to six of us that would hang out almost every day of the week. We were really close, and we all knew each other very well, or so we thought. Carl was smart and funny and incredibly charming on his, in his own way. We were both nerds, had similar interests, and always had a great time together. When we started dating, 18-year-old me was head over heels in love with this guy. It didn't take long for us to get an apartment and start living together. 
things were perfect. I had the greatest boyfriend. We had a place of our own and life could only get better, or so I thought. Soon after we moved in, I decided I wanted to get a cat. I'm a huge animal lover, and that's probably an understatement. My mom never let us have cats because she hates them and thinks they are evil. So I was beyond excited to have my own kitty. Carl, on the other hand, was not. But after some convincing, Carl and I left the adoption center with each a kitty of our own. Mine was an all-black kitty named Ozzy, and he picked a black and white kitty named Archie. We brought them home, and everything was okay for a few months. Ozzy loved me and never left my side. He would always sleep next to me and was so affectionate. Carl started to get jealous of the affection we shared with each other. He started saying things like, you love that cat more than you love me. And eventually he would say that the cat couldn't sleep with us because of the constant purring keeping him awake. I didn't really think much of it at the time, so I wrote it off as him just being immature and insecure. Fast forward a bit and Ozzy got sick one day. He looked terrible and I could tell something was wrong. However, we both had to leave for work and left him home. I couldn't afford to miss work as we were living paycheck to paycheck and I needed every hour I could get. When I got home, I found him curled up under the bed dead. Oh my gosh. I was so distraught. Carl was there to console me and took care of everything. I had no idea what killed him and I was so shocked. What do you do in that situation? I wrote it off as maybe he had been sick when we got him from the shelter. Our other cat, Archie, was just fine. He was a little weird and skittish and pretty much had been that way since we got him, but otherwise fine. After a few weeks, I decided I wanted another cat. We had Archie, but him and I never really bonded like I did with Ozzy. A few weeks had passed without incident, so I headed to the animal shelter and adopted a beautiful orange and gray tabby named Venus. She was so sweet and loving. I didn't have her very long before things started happening to her. One day I came home to find her head stuck in one of those cat toys that's like a big plastic circle with a ball inside and an opening for the cat to hit the ball around. Her head was stuck in that opening. Of course, you think she must have done it trying to get the ball. Although when this happened, I didn't feel right at all. I told myself that she did it on accident. What other explanation was there? But there was something inside me saying, no way, man, that's not possible. I ignored that voice in my head, that feeling in my gut, and you should never ignore those things. A few days later, I came home from work to find Venus much in the same state Ozzy had been. She could barely stand and looked absolutely awful. I scooped her up and my mom and I rushed her to the emergency vet. I remember the way the vet looked at me when I brought her in. I had no idea what was going on. I was crying my eyes out and begging them to save my kitty. They took her and then came to question me. They asked if she could have gotten into anything that could be poisoning her. I of course said no. I was keeping her alone in the bathroom with safe toys only while I was at work since she had gotten her head stuck. There was nothing she could have gotten into by herself. The vet then mentioned bruising all over her head and (gasps) neck. I told them that she had gotten stuck in that circle a few days ago. The look that the vet gave me, I will never forget. It said, no way that is how the cat ended up like this. I remember pulling my mom outside after that, asking 
her what she thought was going on. It was at that moment I really think I knew. I asked her if she thought Carl could be the one doing these things. It was the only thing I could get that fit. I think in that moment she might have realized it too. She took a long pause. Mom, I said, but she shook her head and said, there's no way Carl could do something like that, and so on. And of course I agreed. That was crazy. I knew him as my friend and my boyfriend, and he was such a sweet and caring person. There was absolutely no way. A $1,000 vet bill later, Venus was recovering and sent home. This experience and vet visit had me shaken, though. I couldn't come up with any logical explanation as to how this was happening. But it couldn't be Carl that was doing it. It just couldn't be. The person I knew never could have done that. I remember asking my group of friends, some who knew him even longer than I had, and they of course had the same answer. No way. Not possible. Not Carl. Not in a million years. So, of course, I thought even thinking that was horrible on my part. How could I even entertain the idea of that in my head? Three days after I brought Venus home from the vet, she was dead. (gasps) It was Christmas Day. Oh, God. I will never, ever forgive myself for bringing this sweet kitty back into that apartment. Had I been smarter, she would still be alive today. You would think at this point you have to know what's going on. How could you be so blind? That's the crazy thing. Deep down, I did know, and I wouldn't let myself believe it. There was no logical explanation, but again, I explained it away. Something like, maybe she got a little better before she got worse. Some animals do that before they die. Not logical, I know, but it also wasn't logical for the person I knew to have done this either. But that's a thing. I didn't know him at all. I knew the facade he presented me with and nothing else. He fooled everyone, not just me. So fast forward four months or so and everything's fine. Archie was fine, although it's still extremely skittish. I decided I was done with cats, thinking I had just had the worst luck and kept getting cats that were sick before I got them. So I got a ferret named Charlie. I figured if he was in the cage, he'd be safe from getting himself into anything, and I would only let him out when I was home. A few more months passed and nothing happens. I started to feel a little bit better. In my head, I thought, if he was the one doing this, why wouldn't he hurt Archie or Charlie? It wasn't him. It couldn't be. So I decided for my birthday, I wanted to get Charlie a friend. I got this adorable little golden baby ferret named Louie. That night, I went to a friend's house. Carl didn't come because he had to work that night. I ended up staying the night at my friend's house as we had been drinking and I didn't want to drive home. I woke up to a text the next morning from Carl saying something like, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but Louie is gone. He started coughing and choking and just died. I knew right then that there were n- there was no other explanation. It had to be him doing this. Three animals in a year dead. There were no words to describe this feeling. My heart shattered into a million pieces and the world felt like it was crashing down upon me. Carl was at his parents' house at the time, so my friend and I went to the apartment, grabbed Archie and Charlie, and got the fuck out of there. I knew at this point, beyond a reasonable doubt, what he had done, yet I still could not believe it. 
It wasn't until he showed up at my friend's house later that night, he would admit all of the horrible things he had done, and it became so real to me. Oh, my God. My friends left to go on a quick gas station run, leaving me alone in the house, except for my friend's mom and sister, who were asleep upstairs. When he showed up, I was so nervous to confront him, my whole body was shaking, but I had to. I had to confront him. I had to know. I went out to his car and got in so we could have some privacy and wouldn't wake the people who were asleep upstairs. I immediately told him to tell me what he had done. At first, he denied everything. I flipped out. I presented him with all my evidence and challenged him to give me one logical explanation that made sense. He couldn't. I looked right at him with the fire burning in my eyes and said, Did you kill my animals? You owe me the fucking truth. He wouldn't look at me and his eyes cast down. He uttered a barely audible yes. The rage and the sadness that came over me in that moment is indescribable. I felt so sick to my stomach. My world was literally upside down. An earth-shattering cry of pain and anguish exploded from my chest. And suddenly I realized how terrified I was to be in the car with this person. This person I didn't know at all. This person who murdered my fur babies. I immediately went to the door and he grabbed my arm, begging for me to wait and let him explain. I started shrieking, let me fucking go, over and over. I was finally able to pull away and got out of that car and ran as fast as I could into the house and slammed and locked the door. He came pounding on the door behind me, still begging me to hear him out. I just remember screaming, go away, over and over until I collapsed against the door and went into a full-on panic attack. I don't remember what happened after that. I remember my mom's friend racing down the stairs in a panic and trying to talk to me while I was on the floor hyperventilating, and then my friends got back shortly after. My friend confronted him that night and got him to tell him everything he did to torture those poor babies in detail. He said the reason he didn't kill Archie was because he was his cat and he felt responsible for him. That didn't stop him from torturing Archie too, though, when I wasn't there. He said that he didn't kill Charlie because he took a liking to him. I went to the police the next day and filed a report. My friend gave them the details I couldn't stand to hear and still don't know to this day. The fucker did end up getting charged with animal cruelty. I think his original sentence was three months, but he only spent a month in jail. Everyone was so shocked and horrified when they learned the truth. We were all best friends. How could he have fooled us all like that? The thing is, he was a master of deception. He was a fantastic liar and wore a perfectly crafted mask none of us could see behind. The person we knew, it was impossible for him to have done these things. But there was a whole other side to him that no one knew at all. I urge anyone listening to not ignore the signs. They are there. Don't let your feelings cloud your judgment. Trust your gut. I tried to come up with any logical explanation in my head over and over again. I kept coming back to the only thing that made sense. It had to be him. But then I would again tell myself that's impossible. I let my feelings overcome logic for far too long. I can't tell you how horrible I felt when this happened and still do to this day. This happened when I was 18. I'm 26 now and it still haunts me. 
not only because of the animals I lost and that terrible guilt I feel, but because I still can't believe I was in love with a psychopath and couldn't see through the facade. Like I said, it turns your world upside down. You question everything and everyone after that. My therapist told me in one of our sessions that when you see someone through rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. I will remember that for the rest of my life. Since that night, I have never seen Carl again. One of my friends, however, saw him at the mall about two years ago and said he was with a girl who my friend assumed to be his girlfriend. My friend went up to them and started asking the girl if she knew this fucker was an animal killer. My friend said he grabbed her and they basically booked it out of there. I'm sure he explained it away saying my friend was just some crazy guy or something, but I hope he never fucking does this to anyone else. The scary thing is we all listen to true crime so often it starts with hurting animals only to grow into hurting people. I'm so scared one of these days he's going to really hurt someone. I can only hope that because I reported the incident, which is now on his record, maybe spending a month of jail was enough to deter him from hurting anyone or anything ever again. Holy shit. Yeah. Whoa. Whew. Yeah. Golly. That one was... Oh, do we, know, we, didn't, we didn't say who she was? No. Okay. Well, we're going to call her Sophia. Yeah, Sophia. That was so fucking intense. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I know, well, I don't know, but I can only imagine the guilt you feel and all of that. And please don't feel that. No, absolutely not. Sidebar, that, when you look through rose-colored glasses, all flags, all, all red, red flags, flags are just flags. Like, yeah, the, that quote is like, that's not life changing. Yeah, but it, it, is. but it is. It really, in that it puts into perspective. You can see everything. Like, it's so easy to see what you want to see. Mm-hmm. But when you're not the one in that moment, mm-hmm. you can see all of those red flags. But yeah, when you're the one in it, living it, mm-hmm. you reason everything away, which is what we say mm-hmm. not to do. But we all do it when it's personal, especially when it comes to someone. You love or you mm-hmm. you want love or, you know, you want that romantic companionship. Yeah. So you overlook things that you know are not, are, are your hard nose. Yeah. Or you overlook things that you know are, like we said, flags. And so if someone has a past that you, and I'm totally guilty of it when it comes to relationships, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I said I wanted somebody with quality A, and it's like, well, they don't have that. Or, you know, and I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, you, everybody has their hard limits or their hard nose. But sometimes it's just easy to be like, well. Yeah, well. Because you, you do, you get tired of being alone or you get tired of, you know, yeah. you want that companionship and. Again, you want to, you don't want to be a cynic and you want to take people at face value. But like she said, you really, truly never know anybody. No. And she's so right. You know, we listen to the true crime stories and even these ghost stories and we're like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. But I can't even imagine what she went through. Mm -mm. 
Well, and, and just the, very good on you for turning him in. Oh, true. I know. Like that took a lot and of courage and yes, yeah. But like just the turmoil that you had to have gone through, Sophia. Like every single day, yeah. Trying to figure this out, where you're like, it's him. It's not him. It's him. It can't be him. It's yeah. him. Absolutely not. It can't be him. And then especially when you, you know, because I think that's why I think that in. With relationships, as much as you don't want your best friends to tell you, like, dude, yeah. you know, like, you see it, right? But in your situation, you didn't have that. I mean, you had friends, and they were like, no, it can't be him, because they were fooled by his charm, mm-hmm. as everyone is when it comes to someone. Yeah, and to think about how she was, like, it's probably him. No, it can't be him, and I'm like, how dare I even mm-hmm. think that? And so then she, of course, it's so much easier to blame yourself. Mm-hmm. And honestly, had had you confronted him from the jump with Ozzy, it would probably, you would still be in the same situation and that he would have turned it on you and been like, never even answered you right. that he did it or not. He just would have immediately been like, how could you think that? Right. It would and, be more emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. So I think like an instant of flipping the script, mm -hmm. blaming you again. How could you do that? Why would you think that that was me? Yeah. And then you would probably still have the same amount of guilt. Yeah. Which you shouldn't have. Well, I don't want to tell you what you should or shouldn't have, but what you outside mm -hmm. person, you see no fault in you. mm -hmm. Yeah. You probably handled it better than I would, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how I'd handle it because I've never been in that situation. But oh my gosh, I never want to. Mm-mm. Like it was hard reading that. Only, you know, I'm so glad we read it, and mm-hmm. I'm so glad you shared it with us. But it was just hard putting myself in your shoes. Mm-hmm. Also, you're an amazing writer. Yes, Sophia. Like I was so engaged in this story like i mean i was just like hanging on every word you are an amazing writer so good so okay that was a good episode but i and i have another story i wanted to read but it's kind of a heavy one too and so we're gonna put that one on the back burner for next week so because it's a really good one we've had for a while that i really want to read that i think is super important but we're going to hold it for next sinister sighting because, again, it's heavy, too. So we don't yeah. want to bombard you with heavy, heavy hitters. And this has already been way longer than normal. Yeah, because we like to kind of keep this sinister sighting short so it's like a quicker listen. And, you know, anyway. So thank you all, everyone who wrote in. Continue, please, to share your stories with us. True crime, paranormal, you know, local folklore Stories that your parents would tell you at night, like mm-hmm. anything like that, like the boogeyman that they made up because I have some that my mom made up for me. I'm sure that's normal, right? Sure. No. <laughs> my mom just let me watch Murder, She Wrote, so, and Golden Girls. But, and two, thank y'all so much for pouring your hearts and souls out into these stories and being so open and raw yeah that it is i mean because again we're a family i think that you know this is the perfect platform for each of us to learn from one another and like i literally said today something something to the effect of 
if you're confronted with a really bad ghost and you don't know what else to do, just say Jesus' name because we've gotten that in like two stories. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know if it works, but it worked for two listeners. Yeah. And so it's like we are helping each other figure this out and just navigate through my so-called life. I don't know. <laughs> thank you, Claire Danes. I don't know. I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> yes, for real, though. So thank you. If you want to share your story, which we hope you do, if you want to be anonymous, we will have a name for you. Don't despair. We have Designing Women to go through, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you can send your stories to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, aparanormalchicks.com, and there's a contact us. Click it, send us, it like sends it from that website. Mm -hmm. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get get scared. scared.